Hello and welcome Behind the Marquee. My name is Nick Aldrink and I'm the digital media specialist here at the Michigan Theatre Foundation and uh, your host for the duration of the program. I am here with two guests who also work at the Michigan Theatre. Please tell us who it is that you are. <laughs> Please tell us who you are. <laughs> and what your business is here. <laughs> Hi. Hi. My who name let is... you in here? <laughs> yeah. My name is Caitlin Dreswicki, and I work on Cinetopia Film Festival, happening May 31st through June 10th, and I also uh, support and assist any marketing needs in the Michigan Theater. Yeah, and I'm Sarah Erlewine, and I am the marketing manager uh, and one of Nick's supervisors at the Michigan Theater. <laughs> Thank you for being uh, here today. We are, we are recording in the downtown Ann Arbor Library Studio. Uh, we thank them for having us here. First up, since we last sat down in this recording studio, a little ceremony happened called the Academy Awards. What? Ooh, Ever heard of it? No. Tell me more. <laughs> now, I don't think we need to spend too much time talking about it because it's been talked to death already because, it, I mean, it happened over a month ago now. But uh, we just want to give a uh, quick congratulations to Get Out, mm -hmm. which yes. won Best Original Screenplay. And deserve it. Very deservedly mm -hmm. so. Call Me By Your Name won Best Adapted Screenplay, and those are two smaller uh, smaller films with budgets of $5 million, $5 million or less, so it's great right. to see them win. But we can't exactly discount the other films that I think were nominated either just because they weren't independent films, right? Right. I mean, like... Oh, sure. What can we say about Shape of Water? Oh, Shape of Water. I... My husband turned to me halfway through watching that movie and said, this is going to get the best picture. I thought it was... I thought it was beautiful and perfect and encapsulated everything that is great about independent sim cinema, even if it wasn't a low-budget film. No, yeah, I, The Shape of Water was amazing, and it was, I had a very similar reaction to your husband, Mike. Um, I saw it at Toronto International Film Festival, and Elliot Wilhelm, who is the curator at the Detroit Film Theater, we walked out together, and we both just, we had tears in our eyes because we felt very strongly about it. We right. loved the, a lot of the tips of the hat to old Hollywood and some great cinematic um, legends that were in there, and just you could tell that Guillermo del Toro was just in love with the script and really oh, absolutely, there's so much to it. And you know, congratulations to him and his his speech and things that mm -hmm. he said were, you know, just really moving and touching. And so thrilled to see that director get some accolades that well, yeah, well deserved. Oh, absolutely, it was it was watching a master at work, mm -hmm. really at the height of his craft. You mm -hmm. know, I have loved uh, many of his movies before, from Pacific Rim to Pan's Labyrinth. But this one had a particular joy, which I think is really what people responded to. It's just, it was, it was that, like, that tip of the hat to old Hollywood, that sort of love of movie making. I don't think that the, the story was necessarily the most inventive. Uh, certainly monster movies have been done before, including romances, Creature from the Black Lagoon. But this one was just done so beautifully and so poignantly that I think it was very deserved. And it's... Great to see a genre movie mm -hmm. win Absolutely. Best Picture. Best Picture, and it was a horror movie. And it was a really interesting year for the Academy Awards because we did see uh, what well, there was that and Get Out, which two mm -hmm. horror movies right. nominated for Best Picture and winning. You know, and winning, yeah, Best Screenplay and Best Film. Like that's amazing. I mean, I was trying to look back, and I remember it was such a big deal when Silence of the Lambs won Best Picture, another mm -hmm. genre pick, and that was what eighty nine. Mm -hmm. Nice. 
90s? 90s. I saw that movie, so yeah. I shouldn't have seen it when I was four. So no, but, but I, either way, yeah. But it, yeah. but I mean, it was it was a long time ago. So yes, <laughs> yes. I mean, it had a it had a budget of something like twenty million dollars or something like that. But right. he still took the care of using that budget wisely. I heard uh, at the, be- the beginning of the film that you walk into this room and everything is underwater and everything's floating. Mm-hmm. And that's all puppet effects. Is it really? Yeah. I didn't realize that. I, all, all, all that stuff was just really just floating there on a string. And just yeah. he, he put some like a water, some kind of water filter over it. And he really took the care yeah. to make sure that it was true to his own form. Right, right. And it wasn't just this big budget masterpiece that... that he could have played, you know, played with that money in a yeah. much different way, but oh, he absolutely. still, yeah, kept it real, which right. is... And the monster never felt too... I, I, I think it was just a guy in a costume. I think so. It didn't think, look yeah. too CGI to me. It was very well done if it was all CGI. Yeah, and I think that that's part of why it was so engaging. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It really the physical felt... nature of it. Exactly. Yeah. Now, to get to something that's, I guess, it's a little bit more relevant to our business, there is also the, the Film Independent Spirit Awards right. that happened earlier this month. And the Film Independent Spirit Awards, it takes place in a hangar in Hollywood. They, they literally they filmed <laughs> it in, a, in, in, in an airplane hangar. Yeah. On a beach. And they were celebrating, uh, they're just celebrating the smaller movies uh, that came out this year. They seem to have a lot of fun with it, too. Yeah, they do. The they had, they had a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, best feature went to Get Out, but uh, what, uh, what was also nominated was the Florida Prize. Project, Lady Bird, Call Me By Your Name, and The Rider. We're mm-hmm. all, all big fans of The Rider. Uh, best, first, best first feature went to Ingrid Goes West, uh, but what, what was also nominated, there was Columbus, Menage, Patty, Cake, Patty Cakes, and Oh Baby. Which uh, were all films that we celebrated yes. at our Cinetopia last year. Yeah, I, I, could, I was rooting for all of them. I mean, yeah, it's hard to pick. It was hard to pick, but I—I I mean, I, w- I was into patty cakes so hard. You really were. <laughs> I love—I was... love patty cakes so much. It just was—I would have liked to seen more because it got na- nominated for a few more things, and it just didn't get um, some of the love that I thought it—I thought it needed, and thought that it could have. But you know, either way, getting nominated it pays away for more movies like patty cakes, absolutely, and you know, more movies like Minaj. Those are such incredibly tender films, but you know, if you see them, they're. Um, oh, sure. Columbus, which is Columbus. just so, you know, it was gentle. Yeah, quiet <laughs> yeah. and subtle. And it just shows a different side of movie making where it's mm-hmm. not just in your face. And I so appreciated that. And, uh, yeah, it's fun to see those movies get a, get some get some love, especially independent the Film Independent Spirit Awards. They, they show that love, and I appreciate that. It was a much more sort of unhinged uh, ceremony. You could tell that everyone that, that was there did really love being there and they were having fun with it. Mm-hmm. They weren't taking themselves too seriously. Right. And every everyone that got up on stage and they they made their acceptance speech, they they were thanking others in the room. Right. And like guess, Timothy Chalamet's speech mm-hmm. was really I, I mentioned joy earlier, and that's sort of the thing that I'm finding I'm responding to in movies the most. And I and listening to him speak. So he won for Call Me By Your Name. Yes. And it was his genuine love of everything and everyone calling out his co-stars from other movies that he, not even the one that he won for. You know, yeah. I mean, that was really nice to see, just mm-hmm. a real genuine enthusiasm and affection for what they're doing. Mm-hmm. All right. You know, I, I just, I have a lot of faith. I have a lot of faith in this industry. I have a lot of faith for our country. I have faith because of Greta Gerwig and Luca Guadagnino and Josh Safdie and Jordan Peele and Daniel Kaluuya, and filmmakers that aren't here, Josh Mond, and and Xavier Dolan. We we got a whole new wave. We're gonna be good, we're gonna be fine. We're gonna be good. And um, 
And then there's also there's a lot of talk about inclusion at at this ceremony. The Academy Awards they did that as well. Every speech they wanted to to thank the other female nominees. And there was Frances McDormand Mm -hmm. who gave that really catchy soundbite about Mm -hmm. the inclusion rider. Uh Mm -hmm. But at this ceremony they weren't just talking about it; they Mm -hmm. were showing it. And the the Film Independent Spirit Awards were honoring the the D Reeses of this world. Mm -hmm. And the Chloe's and the Chloe's and the Chloe's Zows of the world. And Mm -hmm. you would see them actually getting the appropriate recognition instead of just calls up, calling people right. out Well, you know what I love about it? They get money. And support. Yeah. I was going to say right. support Which for their something niche. that you, yes. like uh, an award is great, mm-hmm. but getting funds to be able to put towards your next project, that's a real investment in a director. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, so what we're, what we're referencing is Chloe Zhao, who is the director of The Writer. She won the first ever Bonnie Award. And the Bonnie Award is uh, given out to recognize a mid-career female director with a $50,000 unrestricted grant uh, sponsored by American Airlines. And the Bonnie Award is named after um, Bonnie Caputo, who was the first ever airline pilot for a major airline. The first female airline pilot, I should say. And it's mixing um, professions and mixing. Right. And because it's not just about movie making at this point, you know, and it's not just about it's really about bringing everyone and raising everybody up across all mediums and across all professions. So it's a really, yeah, it's it's special to see that. And then I also saw that um, Lynn Shelton was nominated for it as well, who Mm -hmm. is a, um, an amazing filmmaker, director, and you see her, you see her, well, she's a director, so she's behind the camera, so you don't see her all that much, (laughs) but you see her name in so many different things. And she's directed so many um, just fun and interesting movies and also short series and short short films and um it's it's really something um to celebrate all of these women and um to see them really take off so and that was a pun on the american (laughs) airlines (laughs) so this was the 33rd film independent spirit awards it's not quite at the level of the golden globes or even close to the academy awards but where do we think this is going? Do we have any thoughts on it? Was, it was broadcasted on IFC this year. It was hosted by Nick Kroll and John Mulaney. Mm-hmm. Who have hosted it, before? Yeah. Who have, yeah, this mm-hmm. is this was their second time mm-hmm. hosting. Nice work. Like I say, when you have Nick Kroll and John Mulaney hosting, people are going to watch it. Yes. And, right. and yes. people are looking for it. And mm-hmm. even more so than some of the other hosts out there, I'd say at this point, just because they're. they're um, they're tried and true as far as yeah, you know comedy say a and, commodity. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So it's exciting to see what they're gonna come up with. And they're gonna play with it a little bit more. When you have something like the Academy Awards or even the Golden Globes, you have that prestige with it and that you know, that comes with a amount of responsibility to be somewhat subtle in your jokes, I'm sure. Right. I'm sure there's something that goes along. I know that Jimmy Kimmel pushes pushes the envelope yeah. and mm-hmm. so appreciate that. Um, but when you have these the whole point of Independent Spirit Awards, like the whole point of celebrating these films, is to they're, they're films that push the push the edge and kind of take you to a different level and yes. make you feel right. a little uncomfortable. Sure, and that's exactly when you have comedians doing it. You you know it's it's going to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I think, and they're going to keep pushing it. Right, is what I tried to say. <laughs> no, it's it's actually an interesting question. You say where do you think it's going to go? Because I don't know that they want it to go anywhere. You know, All I right. think that they like it. Being smaller, I think they like it being a little bit more free. Uh, Certainly, you want people watching your movies, and certainly you want people talking about your movies, and you want people paying attention. 
But I mean, let's talk about Andy Samberg's in memoriam bit, right? Which yes. is specifically, so he comes out as, as Judd, Judd Nelson, Nelson from the Breakfast Clubs, things a version of "Don't You Forget About Me" to the potential breakout actors and performers and directors in the room, you know, mm-hmm. saying, "Don't move on from us." I think people kind of want to keep it a little bit the way it is. I don't know how much more growth you can do in an independent spirit awards and still be independent. Don't you forget about us. Assertion don't leave. Don't put your face upon a bus. Timo, Chalamet. If you stay indie, we'll pronounce it the pretentious way. Jordan and Kumail don't go and fall for the seductive dancing of the studios. I know you got what it takes. I just don't want you to succeed because I am jealous. Don't you forget about us. Where do you lose? Do you risk losing that as as it grows, as it becomes something more? Absolutely not. And I guess we we, we live in a culture where the ceremony was actually uh, streamed on Facebook Live. Hmm. So we we live in a culture where if you want to see something, you have the means to see something. Mm -hmm. And sacrificing the true spirit of this ceremony is not worth, I guess, it becoming... Right. I mean, it's one thing if you can maintain that and then have everybody watching it, but I, you know, I grew up in the alternative 90s. Like, you know, there's always that fear that Mm -hmm. if you let more people in, it changes what Mm -hmm. it is. So now it is time that we are going to move on and talk, uh, talk about summer movies. Now, today, March 30th, is the release of Ready Player One. Yeah, I know. (laughs) And to me, this feels like Ready Player One is the first big budget movie of this new season that's coming out. Which first we want to talk about, since when is March 30th, the beginning of summer? I mean, it's just not even spring It just keeps getting earlier and it's freezing outside. But (laughs) in terms of... What's coming out later? No, absolutely. This is this is a blockbuster in every sense. So you've got a movie that's based on a best-selling novel, directed by Steven Spielberg, going back and paying homage to the sort of style in movies and things that made him huge. Right? We're talking about video games, and we're talking about that sort of '80s aesthetic in a futuristic. VR world like I think absolutely this movie is people are going to pay a lot of attention to it mm-hmm. I personally am unsure how I feel about it mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I mean I I do enjoy a, a big action movie like mm-hmm. don't get me wrong uh, this one I have not read the book but my husband did loved it my one of my really good friends did hated it so I, you know, uh, one of the things I've heard is that it's a very male movie, yeah. which, okay. um, you know, take that for what it is, you know, and, and what that really means. But uh, I think that if this does well and it's well received, I think that we're going to see a real shift in how we approach virtual reality as widely as people, I think this could mm-hmm. have the potential to help define where that goes in the future. Or it could be something that we all laugh off. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but it is it is it is appropriate, like you said, for Steven Spielberg having this 
first release of our new season because he pretty much did invent the summer movie with he Jaws. Did. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And he's referencing everything it is that we grew up with and everything Absolutely. all all the reasons why we love summer right. now all these great memories we have of going to the movies and it is going to be sort of a tone setter i think, I think so. for, Absolutely. for for what this summer is going to be well, because there's there's a lot coming up this summer right and but let's point out real quick that it's the only one that's actually an original property very true so what does that say too that he's i mean yes it's adapted from a book but it's not a sequel no. And most of our big summer movies that we're looking at are all sequels from major franchises. So I, it, it actually could do really well for film then if we can bring back new voices and new stories to be told in these big movies and get people paying attention and not just going back to the same, same the well. wells, yeah. you know, that we know work, but don't expand the the genre yeah, see, any I have we have a list of the movies here and they all I'm like didn't that already come out <laughs> like I, I mean and I'm because I'm not a I'm a blockbuster I watch them sometimes you get there but eventually. I'm not, yeah I do get there eventually but it's you know it's not my first thing to, to go see right <laughs> and that's not to sound snobby I just want that to be <laughs> <laughs> so the list here <laughs> Avengers Infinity War April 27th Deadpool 2 May 18th Solo, A Star Wars Story, May 25th, Incredibles 2, June 15th, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, June 22nd, Ant-Man and the Wasp, July 6th, and The Next Mission Impossible, July 27th. So, have we hit peak superhero? <laughs> I feel like we already have. Yes. Um, I, at some point, this is gonna this is going to break, and it could be, I mean... So what? We had Black Panther just come out, mm-hmm. which was fantastic. Right. It's a fantastic movie. In, you know, on its own merits, not just because it's a blockbuster, but yeah, it sort of feels like, okay, great. You know, we've, we've done this well, certainly, um, you, you risk ruining it the more times you go back to it. You know, I, I, that's my feeling. No, absolutely. And I feel like when, when we, when the next, I think Avengers Infinity War is being split into two parts or something like that. Probably. Classic move. <laughs> something like 25 <laughs> lead actors in that movie, I yeah. think. And then, so after the next Infinity War, the rumor is that all the main actors are going to start leaving. We're going to lose Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. Surprising we haven't already, honestly. Chris, yeah, and Chris Evans as Captain America. So after that, after that ends, I feel like it's going to be an end of an era. And there's going to be this bubble left in the wake. And there, it, it's really going to leave properties like Ready Player One, as you said, to take its spot. And maybe this is, maybe that, that's what's going to happen. We're actually starting, going to start get original content again. It would be great. I, I'm all for that. I mean, I enjoy it, you know. I, I will watch Avengers Infinity War, you know. I will watch Solo. I will, mm-hmm. I will watch probably Ant-Man. Yeah, I really actually liked the first Ant-Man, you know. <laughs> I thought that was pretty fun. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. But don't, yeah, I, I want to see what else is out there. I mean, there's also all these independent movies coming out. Uh, You're Never Really Here, April 6th, which is opening at the Michigan Theater. It is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. It looks pretty brutal. Very, uh, yeah, I think it's a very violent movie. Uh, RBG, May 4th, Won't You Be My Neighbor, June 8th. Both For- brutal. <laughs> Just for, for those of us who aren't familiar with RBG as an acronym that is... Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yeah, it's, it's, that's the Ruth Bader Ginsburg documentary that we referenced on the last podcast. Uh, Hereditary, June 8th, 
which is a horror also movie brutal. with a Tony Collette. It's getting a lot of buzz on social media. I believe we mentioned that in the last episode as well. Sorry to bother you, July 6th. Which I have to point out on that one is sort of like a best of of breakout actors in mm-hmm. big movies for like the past year. Like because we got Lakeith Stanfield, who had a small part in Get Out. We got Tessa Thompson, who was in Thor Ragnarok. Yep. Mm-hmm. Got Army Hammer from Call Me By Your Name. Yes. And then, of course, we got Terry Crews, who is my favorite. Yeah. And, yeah. and Danny Glover. Like it's that's a pretty great cast. Yeah. In uh, 8th grade, July 13th, that's Bo Burnham's uh, directorial debut, Generation Wealth, July 20th. And there's so much more to come. Uh, South by Southwest just finished as right. well. And there's going to be a whole new uh, list of distribution companies with new movies coming out. Yeah, I just uh, I was going to mention earlier, there's, um, I don't know if you remember Julia Hart. She had a few movies with Cenotopia that came. Miss um, mm-hmm. Stevens and um, her partner Jordan Horowitz, they all, they. Did a lot, they did a lot with La La Land. Right. Um, she had a movie at South by Southwest called Fast Color, and it's a sci-fi thriller. And that's something that might be one of those things that we were talking about earlier as far as taking over and having new content with right. a big blockbuster. Our our indie girls, Julia Hart, she might be one that's you know that a new great. voice as far as it. big summer blockbusters. I'm not sure. That's maybe a little premature, but um, <laughs> something. But we'll keep watching it. But as far as um, a South by Southwest movies coming out of it, it's very rare when you get like a sci-fi thriller. I mean, right. there, there are a few out there, but um, for these independent cinemas and independent films, it's um, it's different, and it's something to it, yeah, something to watch. It is a different so, approach. You know, we yeah. do watch a lot of uh, these movies coming out of festivals in preparation for our film festival. And you do, you get a lot of quiet movies or a mm-hmm. lot of character studies. You don't get a lot of big action, sci-fi type of things. So that's yeah. that's kind of a fun development. Yeah. And the whole landscape of the summer movie is is changing as well. Um, again, we, we have these big franchises coming out. But as you said, all these movies have pretty well-known names in them. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways, these independent movies more resemble the early summer blockbusters more than what we have coming out this year, like the dead, the Deadpool's and the mm-hmm. Marvel's like jaws jaws yeah. wasn't supposed to be what it no. was. Jaws was a, was going to be a flop Yep. and jaws had relatively well-known actors. And I mean, Richard Dreyfus, I think was, was well-known, not yeah, a huge I, I, name, no, not a huge name, but certainly, yeah, like you're saying, like kind of the equivalent of these, mm-hmm. these independent actors who have made some movies and people know, but they're not, you know, like used to having them in their living room sort of thing. And I think, and when Spielberg was making Jaws, it was on a pretty tight budget and he had a lot of constraints to him, especially when creating that shark to go through the right. waters. Mm-hmm. And then Star Wars in 1977, Again, very not supposed to be, <laughs> not supposed right. to be what it was. I think it, when it was released, it was in 40-some theaters opening right. weekend, and it became one of the biggest summer movies of all time. And all by word of mouth, which is kind of amazing if you think about it, right. in a time when you didn't have social media and you couldn't just go and talk about it on Facebook or on Twitter or on Instagram with your friends. You know, mm-hmm. People were calling each other and telling them to go see it. Like That's pretty neat. Absolutely. Yeah, so there's a lot there's a lot to be excited for this summer. I think, I think so too. beyond uh, beyond the the tentpole franchises, uh, keep a lookout. We'll, we'll we'll keep everyone updated with what exactly is is happening when and where. I'm sure a lot of these films will be at the Michigan and State Theater. You can come check them out. Absolutely. And so let's move on to our movie magic moment of the week. Now, the movie magic moment of the week, if you listen to the last episode, that is sort of the time in the episode where we 
we give ourselves the chance to explain a movie that we've watched recently that reminded us why it is that we love doing what we do. Again, we watch movies all the time. It's part of our jobs, really, to watch as many movies as, as we can, new and old, interesting and uninteresting sometimes. But then every once in a while, you 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 hit that, the movie hits that sweet spot, and you're like, yep, this is why I love watching movies. So let's talk about it. Sarah, why don't you go first? Okay, so since we were just talking about blockbusters, it seems sort of appropriate that my movie magic moment of the week does come from a blockbuster that I just saw this week, even though it came out some time ago, uh, Thor Ragnarok. I... So I was a big fan of Taika Waititi, who was the director of this. Uh, we had one of his films at Cinetopia, Hunt for the Wilder People. Mm-hmm. We did, you know, what we what do we in did. the shadows, mm-hmm. played for a long time at the state. And uh, he's just, you know, he's got that really irreverent sense of humor that I respond really well to. And it was so fun for me to see that sense of humor in a big budget film. That's something, like... It felt as if they didn't compromise his vision at all. They just kind of let him be him. And and Chris Hemsworth was more than up to the challenge, and he's hilarious. And so for me, I think it has to come, like if I had to pick one moment from that movie, uh, probably the uh, there's, a, there's a battle scene set to Immigrant Song. <laughs> there's actually two battles set to Immigrant Song, but it would be the second one. And it really is just this viscerally empowering, exciting moment that makes you want to jump out of your seat and remember why, like I said earlier, like that kind of just like joy and fun of of movies, you know, that it's not always a slog of getting through a story, just that, that visceral excitement that you can feel when something really hits at exactly the right moment. <laughs> like, that's why I love movies. Yeah, it's nice, and it's nice to see a, a director go places but still maintain their, their right, core. Exactly. And be allowed to do so. Right. right. It's, it's huge. And um, if, you, if you don't mind me interjecting with my magic, movie magic go into moment. It. Um, it's the same type of vibe. Um, I recently saw Joel Petrikas, local filmmakers from Grand Rapids. Um, his latest film, it's, uh, it's called Relaxer, and it was at South by Southwest this, in 2018. Um and to see his progression as a director, as a writer, and where he's going, that's really what I love about watching movies. And so, you know, it really leads into what you're saying, Sarah, about Taika's and his humor. Um, Joel Petrikas has a totally different humor. Yes, yeah, very different humor. Um, very dark. It's it's dark, and it's totally different. And also, speaking of uh, Ready Player One, my coworker, Jamila, she texted me as we were watching. It said, Ready Player One meets mental health. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and um, something to think about uh, if we play it, um, which I hope we do. Um, and then also to see the the actor that's in the film and see where he's going. And I and you could see that. Right, he works with the same guy. He works right? with the same guy. And I um, his name is escaping me right Josh now. Josh Birch. Joshua yeah. Birch. Yeah, and he was in... Um, uh, the buzzard. Buzzard. And then he went and he went to the big blast blockbuster with Leo DiCaprio. The Revenant. Yeah. So oh, he played, right. played a part in there. So he's doing a lot of things and he's really stretching as an actor. Um, it's a cringeworthy movie. I'll say it. And mm-hmm. it's also um, one of those movies that makes you think in the midst of laughing, which I totally appreciate and I totally love. And um, yeah, it's more about... The movie magic moment is more about seeing what a director does. And at the end, the final scene is really what did it for me. I'm like, look at that guy go. Look at at that director. Look at him make moves and try Mm -hmm. something new and different and also stay true to 
what what they love and how they make movies. So, yeah. Perfect. Thanks, Caitlin. All right, Nick. Let's hear yours. So I watched Empire Strikes Back for the nth time. I was, I was really hoping <laughs> you were going to come up with a number. I want to know. I couldn't even hypothesize how many times I've seen <laughs> this movie. I mean, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. I watched it because The Last Jedi came out uh, earlier this week, and I just had to go back and take some time to... Uh, familiarize myself with the franchise, I suppose. Yes, good, good, always. <laughs> I'm sure you forgot. <laughs> <laughs> and first of all, I I love this movie because I appreciate the change that it took from A New Hope, for, that George Lucas took a risk. And mm. the, in the first movie, is like, did, did you think that desert planet was cool? Here's an ice planet. <laughs> and also it, cool. Yeah, right. And w- what about Alec Guinness? He's like, here's a Muppet this time. <laughs> but... One of the things that actually really sticks out about this movie is Lawrence Kasdan's script. Script. Uh, every beat that this movie takes, uh, this it was preluded to or alluded to two beats before. Mm. So it's like at the very beginning of the movie, it's Luke and he's he's on his tauntaun and he sees a meteorite hit, and he says something about he's gonna go check it out, and then a general makes a comment like, "With the meteorite activity, it's gonna be hard to." scan approaching ships and this line not only alludes to the incoming attack of the empire but also it alludes to this chase through these at this asteroid field field later in the movie and this happens through the entire script is like every sort of turn that movie takes it feels like a surprise but it shouldn't because they mentioned Mm -hmm. the surprise two beats earlier and it's just incredible, and I don't think Lawrence Kasdan gets enough appreciation for this for this movie. Yeah. And it's a joy to watch. Uh. It's always a joy to watch, and it, it reminds me what I why I love movies. Uh, I can't recommend it enough. <laughs> Empire Strikes Back. Go back and watch it, and or see it for the first time if you it, haven't. Or see yet. it for the first time. Start on Empire Strikes Back. That is the really perfect... just <laughs> skip New Hope. You're already starting in the middle at that point with Episode Four. What's starting? <laughs> And then Lawrence Kasdan, he's writing the the new Han Solo movie. Or right. He, he wrote the new Han Solo movie mm-hmm. with his son. And I love the guy. And the guy, he, like <laughs> I said, he doesn't get enough uh, he doesn't get enough appreciation for this movie. And he's a U of M guy, right? And, yep, he's yep. a U of M grad. And there you have it. That was Behind the Marquee. Thanks for listening. Thanks for you both for coming into the studio here. Thank you, Nick. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks again to the Ann Arbor Library for Ann Arbor Library for allowing us to take up their space. Uh, please let us know what you think. We can be found on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, the Michigan Theaters account. That is Michigan, T-H-E-A-T-E-R. We'll be back in a couple weeks, so keep an eye out in your feed. And join us again, Behind the Marquee.